0: Good morning. Good day, everyone. (laughs) Uh, It's Monday. Um, I didn't even post on Saturday, you guys. My Friday video took two days for it to upload. It didn't upload until Saturday afternoon. I was a smite frustrated that this kept kicking back because it wasn't that long. um, And I don't understand why but it is what it is. And so I slept in on Saturday morning and I just didn't do a video on Saturday, which is all right. Every once in a while, your body will tell you when you need a break and you should listen because that's God's way of telling you maybe you're a little exhausted. And I was. I was very emotionally and physically and spiritually exhausted. It's been a tedious two weeks for me. Um, I'd been getting up at four, going to bed at 11, and I'm going to school. So I do homework every day, plus my job, plus my kids, plus, you know, all of the things in our house, cooking, cleaning, all of that. It takes a toll. And Saturday was just my break day. And so was yesterday. So today is the 12th of October. My son mentioned it was Columbus Day yesterday, but I'm pretty sure they still have school. He was trying to get out of school. I was like, "Uh, no, you're going to school. I don't know what made you think you're going to skip, but nobody said anything. So I don't remember if this was a holiday or not. Um, If this is the Christopher Columbus we're talking about, you guys, (laughs) Columbus Day, Christopher Columbus was the man who they say discovered America. That is false. Christopher Columbus did not discover America. He was the man they sent over as the picture-perfect poster boy to, you know, kind of plant people here in America. It had already been discovered. In fact, I can't even remember the gentleman's name. He was an Italian Spaniard. He was the one who had come over and realized that there was land over here, but somehow he went back and they got a group of people together and uh, before Christopher Columbus and they went down and they invaded the Mex now Mexican territories, which would have been like Columbia or Cuba, all of them they went in and they've di- invaded, they went in, divided. That's why there are so many, um, you know, like Mexico, Cuba, South America, all of them, all of those seem scattered because back then they were invaded. And they scattered to survive, and these people that came over to discover America um, were trying to destroy them. That's why you see so many ancient ruins over there. So Christopher Columbus was not technically the guy who came over and discovered America. Um, And in fact, if you give me a moment, I can actually find... his name I'm not going to be able to pronounce it Amerigo Vespucci was the Italian born merchant explorer who took part in early voyages to the new world on behalf of Spain around the late 15th century um quite interesting enough what was it they found they were finding some stuff over on the West Coast, up in the Oregon area, which would have been on the same path that Lewis and Clark took to reach the West Coast. It would have been along the same path. Now, people today have went along trying to find hidden treasures because apparently there was a ship that had a bunch of treasure on it. They never found it, blah, 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 blah. And I'm very interested in this stuff. <laughs> um, so... In trying to discover maybe some artifacts in that over on this western coast, over in, you know, Washington and Oregon, um, they found bricks that would have been from this 15th century time that had rope marks around it that would have been used to, what did they call it? it would have been used to measure out lengths um, to create buildings, to create architecture. They used these blocks for such a thing. And they used these ropes for such a thing. So it's interesting that this man was doing voyages in the 15th century. um, And they came up through the Panama area, through the Cuba area, through the Mexico area. But yet they were still finding evidence of Artifacts from that time frame over in Oregon and Washington now. So it's quite interesting. Like, who knows? Only the Voyagers do, I guess. So Columbus Day. If that's what they're talking about on Columbus Day, I like to keep facts straight. My history class was wrong. We were not taught properly the true history of america was very smudged oftentimes like a lot of people do nowadays they will take something and they will embellish it um history has been embellished to make things look prettier than they seem and they're not i believe in the truth uh i so i'll just share that with you um How was everybody's weekend? I know that on Friday I took my children to eat at uh, Stone Cold Creamery. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's an ice cream place where you choose your flavor of ice cream batter. And then you can add toppings and they mix in the toppings And then you can add it into a bowl or a cone or a waffle cone. They make specialty cones there. Um, It's new in my town, so it's crazy. But we went for a bike ride to go try it out. Um, uh, There was the four of us, my three children and I, and my daughter and I didn't get anything. Um, They do make their ice cream homemade, their ice cream batter. I'm impressed. Uh, my oldest son got a vanilla shake, which was really good. And my youngest got a cho- Oh Fudge chocolate shake. And that one was really good too. Um, but I am impressed by the homemade ice cream batter that gets me. i um, not a lot of places make their own ice cream. Um, but again, I did, I opted out not getting anything because the proportion size were ridiculous. Um, When I'm talking ridiculous, their waffles were this big and filled with ice cream and full of sprinkles. Um, And every kid in line was getting one this size. Uh, That's like five times the amount we're supposed to eat in one meal. And this is like an afternoon snack. So I was very intrigued and interested in watching a lot of these parents allow their children to overproportion themselves. It was, we live in a day and age where I'm going to touch up on something that's going to upset a lot of people. Um, and I myself have struggled with my weight, but there are a lot of people who struggle with weight yet here we are living in a world where we've made it okay to eat something so sweet and non not nutrient value wise for our body like there was children that are young that will look like they will struggle the rest of their life with weight because their parents are over there allowing them to get this huge thing um we don't eat like that in my home. Uh, we eat correct, correct proportions. And my children always eat meals and then they get a dessert after dinner. And that dessert is within proportion. Um, I want them to have that habit before becoming an, an adult and just thinking to eat whatever they want. Because I myself have struggled with my weight. Um, I grew up on a farm. So we didn't really know proportion size, we just we did eat healthy. But now being an adult, um, I am very wise mind about my proportions. I have a food scale. Um, I have measuring cups, I measure my food out. So I think this week, And I'm going to think a little bit more on how I want to do this. I do want to show proportion size for people. We are eating beyond our proportion size. And many of us struggle with health issues because of this. Because we can't put the food down. Um, But a lot of our processed foods are made with sugars that create an addiction. This is a fact. I have a counselor who has explained this to me in a recovery program. You also learn about eating habits and a lot of our processed foods in America contain um, sugars that are processed. um, One of them known as fractal syrup. These sugars and granulated sugar is another one you guys because the way it's processed and made to be pretty white. It affects the brain. It numbs the brain when you're eating these processed foods that have all these sugars in them. It numbs this part of the brain that tells you and says, I'm full. So all you feel is the reward because it'll go to a reward system and it'll say, it feels good. It feels good. Keep eating. Keep eating. But it never tells the body I'm full. Stop. Because those type of sugars trick the brain into believing you're not full. So you keep eating and you keep eating and you keep eating. That's why processed foods are so bad for us. Not just the sugars in it, but just everything in it is toxic for our body. There's real, really no nutritional value to it. What they claim on the label for nutritional value is not, it doesn't weigh against what is bad in it. Like there's not enough nutritional value to outweigh the bad in processed foods. There just isn't. So a lot of these companies that say, it's all of this, it's all of that, and you just read the label and you see it's full of these vitamins, they can label it like that. They can mislabel there's loopholes. I've watched videos on this. There's loopholes that say they can do it because they're third party and they didn't actually create the product, so they can mislabel it and nobody gets in trouble. So, oftentimes, what you read on the label uh, could be wrong. And that's why I'm very careful about what I eat. Even going to this ice cream place, you know, I went because my children wanted to try it. And I want them to have those experiences. It's not going to kill them. I don't want them growing up thinking that to fear food. I want them to have those experiences. I've had them. I've tried Stone Cold Creamery a long time ago. But I already knew before going that I wasn't going to eat there. Because, well first I didn't think the ice cream was homemade. But... It's just too much. Like it's not my style of food. I like what I have at home. Everything I have is quite natural. I make ice cream at home. I make ice cream the homemade way. Like the cooked eggs in with the sugar and I get my own type of sugar which is cane sugar. I don't get that white sugar. You know, I I get cream, real cream. Um, so my ice cream is very, uh, I wouldn't say healthy, but it's made from all natural ingredients. So I just wanted to touch base on that, that I think I'm going to show some proportions this week. And I think it's important that we start talking about it and people are going to get upset. There was a meme I saw about it says the most valuable thing you can work on is yourself and it showed a very big person chiseling away to reach the healthier version of them underneath all of the fat um this can speak in volumes of emotional baggage, physical baggage, spiritual baggage. I've had all that baggage. I've had my that was my past on me, okay? But somebody was making the comment that obese people are going to be offended. And they were. They were very offended by the meme. And the thing is, they're offended because it's true. They don't want to do the work it takes to lose weight. It takes a lifestyle change. You're going to have to stop eating certain foods. And a lot of people don't want to put down the cakes, the donuts, the Little Debbie's, um they don't want to put down those things they don't want to put down their morning creamer in their coffee they don't want to put those things down they want to have those but that's a choice you get that choice if you want to be that way then that's your choice but it doesn't mean you know it's nice of you to come across, I mean, and they don't see it that way, to come across and be mad at people for wanting to better themselves. I speak from experience because I've been on both sides. I've been on the side that is not a nice person to other people, and I've been on the side where people judge you for your choices. So it was an interesting meme. I like to read the comments. I like to see people's reaction to things. That's where you really see human nature go down, is on social media. Uh, Just post a meme that's conflicting. You'll see how people just, it's interesting. I like to analyze. So you guys, today I really thought about something I wanted to touch bases on. And it was the story, and I got the name wrong last week. I said it was Nicodemus. And the story was actually about a man named Zacchaeus, okay? He was the, it was the story of a man who was a tax collector, who was a very rich tax collector. And he went to meet Jesus and he saw his truth and he changed. He gave back fourfold of everything he had taken from people that was unnecessary, um, He just, he saw his truth of who he had become in the world and he wanted to change. Um, And I really want to share that story. Because I want to see, I want to bring it in and show you guys how to find yourself in these stories. And that was a really good one for me. Because we've all been this person. Now, the verse itself is going to come from Matthew, which is different than where the story's at. The verse itself is going to come from Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. And it says, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer offer your gift. You guys, this is very, very beautiful because I understand this. I understand it because I had to ask people for forgiveness in my life before I could move forward spiritually with God. It, it was like I was at a standstill. I couldn't move forward. And I've been that way several times this year where I hadn't realized I had done another person wrong or that I hadn't, for, I hadn't taken accountability in the way I was supposed to. Um, and it, it caused this friction in me. Because my soul was trying to say, you need to do this thing. And my flesh was like, this doesn't make sense to me because I believe I'm right. So I had this grind. But I essentially was moving nowhere in my life. Like I just couldn't, my mind would not move forward until I came to the truth and realized I did do wrong and I have to take accountability for my part And that's all I can do. And once I did that, it freed me. And you guys, you can't... Here's where you will find a lot of hypocrisy in Christianity. I'm going to call it like it is. A lot of people will sit there and they will give their tithings to God. Because a tithing, when you pay a tithing to a church you are part of a congregation. That congregation itself is higher up and more worldly and they give out to different organizations within your community, within the world to help other Christian organizations, okay? So when you pay a tithing, you're giving a gift to God because God is trusting these people to follow his lead and give out where he needs it to go. So when I'm giving a tithing, I'm giving money to God. Because God will direct them where the money needs to go, where he wants it. Um, And I believe that. But if I was to sit here and pay tithing, and I'm over here carrying blame, resentment, and a grudge for another person, I'm essentially carrying a grudge against God. Because there's a piece of God in all of us. And if I haven't found forgiveness, then... What am I over here doing, giving God money and trying to, you know, you know, cleanse my sins? Because until I take accountability, that sin will be there, whether I pay tithing or not. So, you know, this is what, and God, the words are in red. So it's God speaking through Jesus, you know, leave your gift there, um, which he means at the altar and go Seek forgiveness from your brother and then come back. Otherwise your gift means nothing. It's true. It's a hip. It's a hypocritical gift. It means nothing in the eyes of God. If you're still over here. Walking away and treating your neighbor like they're to blame for your emotional problems. I couldn't have said that better. Because that's the way a lot of us are. I have been that way. And I can say that, um, when you blame other people for your emotional problems, you're deflecting from your own toxic behavior and you just don't want to see yourself. And that's a hard truth, tr- truth, truth to swallow, but it is the truth. So the story comes from Luke chapter 19, verse 27. Oh, pff comes from chapter 19 and we'll start at verse 1. I obviously can't read. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Jericho was a town. Now behold there was a man named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector and he was rich. He was very rich. Um, He sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now these words are in red, so God is speaking through him. God loves doing that with people when you allow it. He does it. With me, so it's very beautiful. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained, saying, "He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner." So then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, "Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore or fold." Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save which was lost. This is beautiful. So this man somewhere down the line in Zacchaeus' family tree, he was related to the man Abraham. He was a, a descendant of his, which was one of God's men back in the Old Testament. Not only that. How do I want to word this appropriately? Here was a man who saw Jesus. And once he saw him, I know what he felt. He felt the love of God. And when you feel the love of God, It will change you. Okay, that's why so many people, when their eyes laid upon Jesus, it was like this. Instantaneous. It's because instantaneous they felt the love of God coming through. And only the love of God can touch something inside of you that the human flesh eyes can't see. It changes you, it does something within you where you start to see the truth, like this. So when Zachiah saw Jesus. He felt that love touch his soul and he saw, I've been living the wrong way the whole time. I am a terrible man. And it just changed him because instantly when you feel that, you, you feel forgiveness from God. You feel his mercy, you feel his grace, you feel his love, and you just want to do whatever it takes to become A good person and to change the wrongs you've done. This is why I went through so many extremes that people didn't understand. I was calling so many people. I was asking for forgiveness. I was taking accountability. Like Christine changed in a big way. And it scared some people. But it's because when you get touched with the love of God so directly, it will change you that quick. So that is what Zacchaeus felt in that moment that he saw jesus now when you have the group of people who are over here not only are they going jesus you know we're so happy to see you they have to be first in line but here they are judging the very person who's trying to change his life they're the same as the tax collector um which is typical human society uh No, Jesus chose to go over to his house and they wanted to judge him because suddenly they weren't the chosen. Here was a man who was least likely to be chosen. The one who was taking money from him and Jesus was going to stay at his house. Well, honestly, he was the one who probably needed it the most um, because what a great change for such a, a man of authority. To change like that. God used that man and changed him. And when people saw that change, look, it's a story in the Bible. He changed so significantly, it became a story in the Bible. Like, Can you imagine being the people who suddenly he is giving money back to, giving to the poor? Like, they would now go, yeah, Jesus is for real. You know, you can't deny that. Um... And at the end, when it says the son of man has come to seek and save that of which is lost. I understand this because you know what? God came to seek and save me. And I was very lost. He came. He, first, he came and made his presence known with forgiveness and love. But then the moment when he really, when it truly connected with this story, you guys, it was this, this very story that churned my soul. I almost started crying right at the table. And I was wanting, you guys, I was constantly arguing with the pastor over these stories. But that day when he told this story, I sat there and I went, I did those things and I turned over this like I couldn't even argue with him that day. I just sat there like and I could feel my soul wanted to cry. There was a different feeling. It wasn't flesh. It was my soul. I can feel when my soul has weeped. You guys, when you become very aware of your body, okay, and you're not numb from all the toxic food that we eat, when you actually become very aware of your body and soul, there are moments you can feel these things. And my soul wanted to weep. And I sat in my cell until the next day trying to understand why this was causing me to feel so emotional. I dwelled on it. I dwelled on it. And I sat there and reread it. And I realized this was me. The story is about me. That's why it's touching me. I did this when taking accountability when i called everybody and i said i did these things during my addiction and i was wrong that was me taking accountability this story is about me and i was forgiven like that day that god made his presence known god forgave me and it started to click together and it was instantaneous i was down on my knees on my cell floor and I had drawn a mural on this wall, which was highly against the rules of jail. But I did it and, no, and I got away with it for a while. But I had this huge mural of an angel with wings. I got down on my knees and I just started bawling. And my eyes were closed and God's light was right here. And I realized the Bible was real. This was God's word. And God had found me. That's what I said. You found me. You found me. I was that lost sheep that God had left the 99 and came to find. He had found me. So, and it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that of which is lost. This man was a man of God. His soul, you know, his descendants, everything. He was destined to come to God at this moment. He needed to be found. And just like me, all it took was just feeling the love of God. And sometimes that's very rare in this life to feel the love of God. At the time that God made his presence known to me, I wasn't in church. I didn't believe in church. I wasn't around any Christians. Um, I wasn't around anybody like that. I was around nobody that believed in God. So how could I feel the love of God? He had to make it happen, I guess. He just came down and did it himself. God will do miraculous things to make it happen. So the story is very, very significant in that way. And I really, I'm just reflecting on it now because that was a huge moment in my life. Because many people, I, I recognize myself in a lot of people. I know a lot of people who don't want to believe in the Bible because they see hypocrites and fake Christians that turn them away from believing it's real. They hear pastors say one thing and they read another. So they become confused at what is true. And sometimes when somebody goes through that, it is easier just to say, I don't believe anything. Because if this is the way it's going to be, I don't believe in lies. It conflicts you. So many people choose just to remove themselves from seeking deeper knowledge. okay? Because they've grown up hearing lies, seeing fake Christians, um, just as I did. And it is really sad, because the Bible has been getting twisted for since the day it was written. It has. We can't deny that. And it's still getting twisted. I see people twisted all the time. I see people on my page twisted all the time. I don't like it. Um, there's a lot of things that are being preached about that are incorrect about the Bible, and it's crippling our society from growing closer to God. I had a friend's young son sitting in this very spot about a week ago, and we were talking about the Bible because my Bible sits on my table right here. Um, so anybody that comes to my home, my Bible's right here. You can definitely read through it. I always keep it right here because I never know when I want to read it. He started just feeling the pages. He was reading the cover. And I started talking about a certain verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7 to him. Um... I mean, I'm friends with his mom, so it's, it's all good. And I told him, you know, when we die, we all go to heaven. I go, God owns our souls. And he was curious, and we started talking about it. He understands the story of the Bible. His parents have educated him. He's heard it. Everybody knows the stories of the Bible. But the thing is, he's also heard that if you're not exactly what the Bible says, then you're going to hell. And that's just not true. The Bible doesn't say that. There's not one verse in here that says it like that. In Ecclesiastes, it says your soul will return to the God in which who gave it to you. That was before Jesus' death. See, God knew and knows everything that's going to happen. He already knew he was going to purchase our souls. He already knew the Pharisees were going to make sure that Jesus died on the cross. But it was interesting in sitting with this young boy who is my son's age, and we started talking and he got to voice his opinion. And I got to explain to him what's wrongly being said about the Bible and what is truly correct. And he goes, he goes that, that brings me a lot of comfort. He goes, that's, that's comforting. A 12-year-old boy has lived his life worried. He isn't good enough to get into heaven because the way people are wrongly twisting the word of God. That's really sad. We live in a society that's like that. And it's interesting because I have my friend Coffee, who's from Africa. That is not how they talk about God. God is loving. God is forgiving. God just wants you to serve your purpose. There's no right or wrong. There's just choices and you learn from them. Choice made, lesson learned. I then talked to his mom later on. She's a very this woman god god uses her god calls to her and the thing is she too has heard the twisted version of the bible and when i started telling her yeah you know what it is twisted because society twists it god is not that way she goes it makes a lot of sense because that's everything i believe and i go i know because see god's out there just like he is now for the son of man has come to seek and save which is lost i knew the moment that god made his presence known there was some things he showed me there would be other people just like me who had heard a twisted version of the bible Somehow, I don't know, I was going to actually read it and educate myself instead of, you know, going to school and following what a teacher tells me. And just like my friend, now that it's starting to click, she's starting to just like I did. She's going to be found. She won't feel so lost. She won't feel so scared to believe that God and the Bible are real Um, I know where God wants me to go with this. I really do. He's not so happy how it got twisted. When I saw my friend's son sitting here at 12 years old, truly believing he was going to go to hell because he wasn't good enough. Bothered me. Do you believe that? Do you know people that believe that? I want to start thinking about it. Like, what has led you to believe that to be true? What pastor has preached that to you? Which person? When you start thinking about these people, and truly they're reflecting their own inner demons onto people. But really, Jesus Christ's death purchased our souls, and God owns our souls, and we all know that story, then how can there be a hell? Because God created us all equally. God loves us all as his children, as stated in the Bible. So how can human society say, there's a special place in hell for certain people? And we all want to say that, you know. I've seen a lot of documentaries, you guys. Huh, I'm gonna be, way, I'm gonna be way off topic. Are we supposed to be? I guess mm-hmm. we're supposed to be. You guys have been watching a lot of documentaries about pedophiles. You know, conditioning. I watch these things because it makes me very aware of society. Men, not men. We need to educate ourselves. And understand how these things happen to young children. A lot of people go, well, I didn't see it. That's because you're not educated. You're not educating yourself. You're living in a very blind world and you're being blind to the very signs in front of you. I don't want to be that person in the world. I don't want to be somebody who lived right next door to the guy who's been molesting his daughter for how many years. I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be very well educated and and know when that type of person is near me. Um, so I've watched a lot of things like that. Um, but even beyond that, God loves them too. They're just in a broken world with a broken mindset and a broken soul just like you and I, and God has already forgiven them. They just need to come to God and forgive themselves. And there is no special place in hell for them. They're living in their own hell. Uh, I've watched documentaries on men who talked about their struggle being a pedophile. Um, it's a sexual addiction that just got so out of control. Now here they are. And there's they don't know how to turn it around. It is what it is. And they've done things. Some of them have, some of them haven't. Well, when you start really letting these people talk about it they're struggling in their life too it's a lack of control a lack of self-control just like my lack of control of drinking that's how it was described they couldn't control the urge but they couldn't talk about it because of how society looks at it they would be killed so no Man wants to come forward and say, I'm struggling with being attracted to young children because they'll be slaughtered in the very community they live in. There's two sides to every story, always two sides. And I can talk about this because I was molested by a pedophile. They deserve forgiveness too. They are lost in this world for the son of man has come to seek and save that of which is lost. The moment I realized I forgave my stepfather, I cried for him. I did. I cried for him because he may die this lifetime never going to God. And I can't imagine my life without God now. He'll have to live with the choices for the rest of his life. But once you have forgiveness in God and you're changing it around, those choices are just water under the bridge. Maybe that's the direction God's taking us today. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about these hard things that people struggle to do. I've seen it and I'm going to start speaking out on it. There's so many people online that want to kill, murder, and just hate on people that have hurt children. And it is wrong. It is very wrong. If you do the crime, do the time. But don't put God's name behind the hate. Because God does not follow hate. See, right now, God's working in my mind. He's really working. Some things are coming together. Going to be asking me to do things this week that are going to cause a shift in some people's thinking. But we really need to search inside our souls. You cannot say in first John, first. Chapter four, verse 20. Where does it say it? Someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Guys, you can't sit here. You can't. We, all of us, society, cannot sit here in life and go, I hate pedophiles and I hate this and I hate that and I hate all these crimes. Yet say you love God. Because you don't. That's a lie. Okay? Because God created all of us. Equally. We were born in this world created equally. But then life happened. Life happened. Let's take Ted Bundy, for instance. Ted Bundy did some bad things. He was somebody... I watched his documentary quite a few times. I really had to pull that one apart. I was fascinated. I was fascinated. Like... How he would lose control, yet he was still in control. I realized, like, the black eyes they would talk about. Like, I really got, I really started putting pieces together about how people lose control in ego by watching that documentary. And I can't imagine this man as a child grew up thinking, this is what I wanted to do. No child thinks that. He was a child one day in his life. I doubt what he was doing was what he wanted to do. But see, there was... He lost control. And it was well stated in the documentary. Every time he would, you could see his eyes go black. Women talked about it. Um, He was just gone. That happens. I'm not saying... He didn't deserve to be, have a punishment for the crime. Those things need to be done. But as a society, a Christian society, a God-fearing society, who are we to get in between a man's forgiveness with God and his salvation? I did a video on this a long time ago. It would have been... Almost a year ago, I was taking a class on love, unconditional love. The only way somebody will ever feel comfortable to speak up on all the things they did wrong and seek salvation with God is feeling that it's okay to tell those deep, dark secrets and not to be judged. That's hard in today's society. We live in a world where we condemn each other. Now, I'm not perfect. I'll say the truth. And that is painful for some people. But it doesn't make you a bad person in my eyes. It's a choice. That's a truth. It's a choice. I'm not talking about character. I never talk about people's character. You're a bad person. You're this. You're that. Well, listen. I did have that week of videos. I did have to say what I finally wanted to say. But ultimately, I will never talk about somebody's character because we're all created equally in the eyes of God. But I will talk about behavior. And there's a big difference in character and behavior. Okay. Um, when you speak of Ted Bundy, his behavior was despicable. But he was still a child of God. And he, I don't know. I don't know if he died knowing God. I never dug that far, I guess. I should have. Um, it's an interesting thing. I understand it because God forgave me and I felt it. I understand it because God has shown me the truth in his Bible in his word because i give him the time every day to show me things in here i don't rely on other people to teach me their version of the bible anymore i rely on myself um so this week we're going to be talking about food proportions (laughs) and forgiveness i'm going to start pulling things up we're going to talk about the hard stuff talk about things people want to judge for possibly my own self i used to be a person that was judgmental i'm not going to deny it i look at i see facebook memories that come up from a year ago two years ago five years ago and i'm not even the same person i can't believe i posted those things what's wrong with me that's what i think what's wrong with you christine But I've grown from that, and we can all grow when we start actually stepping back and seeing that the problem is ourselves. The problem is not your neighbor. The problem is not the pedophiles of this world, the child molesters, the murderers. The problem is you. The problem is me. The problem is self, okay? Our own attitude in this world. And when you start changing yourself, that's when things change. If any of this made you upset today, and if you're angry and you just think I'm wrong, then uh, your ego's getting stirred up. Your f- soul and your flesh are going to start grinding because there's some truth in here now that you are going to seek out. You don't like it because it's irritating you and you liked your comfortable world with your beliefs that you had, but we can't, we can't continue destroying ourselves. We're destroying ourselves slowly, but surely we're destroying ourselves. And, uh, I mean, while I still have breath to take in this air, in this life, can't talk While I still have breath to take in this life, I'm going to keep talking about this stuff, the hard stuff, the things people don't want to talk about because God wants me to and because I can, because we need to. So you guys, that was a really good opening story for this week, and I'm probably going to use it as a foundation for the rest of this week, as well as the verse. Can't go giving tithings in the house of God. You know, we have a lot of us have brought shame to the house of God. We will sit and hold judgment and resentment and anger, yet we will sit and pay our our dues, our just enough dues to look like we're good Christians, but we truly aren't all the while we're hating our neighbor and, um, you know, living a week of immoral behaviors. We're living against what the Bible says, but as long as we pay our dues and go to church on Sunday, we're okay. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It contaminates the church. And it puts fear in the hearts of many who are seeking God. But they see the hypocrisy in Christianity. So why would they want to be that? They don't want to be that. They see it and they're like, I don't want to be that. I saw it. I didn't want to be that. So, I'm in deep thought now. God really opened a door in my mind, you guys. And sometimes I think I have the lesson already. And then God totally takes it into a 360 where I don't even know what we're going to do tomorrow. So, the verse of the day came from Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. You know, before you give, tithing. You need to be making amends with people. Truly, if you are wanting to seek that deep relationship with God, if you really want God to be able to move you forward in your life, just like I've asked him to in my life. So many times I go, God, prepare me for the blessings you have planned for me, we're all born with the blessing of God, but you cannot receive it until God has prepared you to receive it. And to be prepared to receive your blessing from God means you have to be cleansed from all hate, resentment, anger, and all of that. And I know because I've carried so much through my life. Every time I thought I was cleansed, uh uh-uh, there was more. There was always more. Even now, there's still a little hesitation in my life on some things I'm very there is still an area of my life I know God is working in and I'm not going to deny that I'm resisting where God is pushing me and it is out of fear okay and anything that is fearful is not God so I shouldn't be feeling fearful I know this But that is something that I need to work out of the old Christine mindset to move forward and allow God to work me through it, which I am. But I share that because these things are real. It's those little hesitations, fears, anger, worries, resentment, any little bit of it holds you back. And I truly cannot move forward in my life until I deal with these things one at a time. And it is baby steps. It's so one step at a time, um, but we all go through it. But I can't move forward in my life until I do deal with it. So that's kind of what I'm going through right now. So you guys, God is seeking out those who are lost. We're all lost. We're all blind. We're all a little bit numb. You know, we're numb, and we're coping with. Eating so much food that we don't feel because food makes us feel, feel better. It's a feel good. It, it, it triggers the reward in your brain. Okay. So it makes you feel good. That's why we eat so much. It feels good. It feels comforting. So we eat to comfort ourselves. But in the foods we eat, it is not healthy for us. Because it numbs that trigger in the brain that tells us that we're full. So we continually eat, continually eat. Then we end up being overweight and obese and with health problems, diabetes, um, all of those things. We cause our own misery. Um, In order to come out of that, you have to make some serious life changes. I had to make some serious life changes. I had to cut things out. There's just certain things I just cannot have. Um, like going to this ice cream place, there are a lot of places my children want to go that I can't eat, or I've made the choice not to eat. How about that? Um, we've been to Wendy's, There's an, I can't eat there. Um, we've been to a lot of fast food places that my children want to enjoy. And I just, because I want to be healthier, I can't eat there. They're hard choices, but the reward is a great payoff. I'm a lot healthier. So, you guys, I hope you have a great Monday. And the challenge for today... Oh, we're going to work... This is going to be a weekly project, you guys, with this forgiveness thing. I don't know how I'm going to discuss it tomorrow. But we're going to keep the challenge within the same critical thinking. I want you to think about something that you still have a resentment for, a person, an event, obviously connected with a person, okay? I want you to think about that. We're going to come back and use that as a base for all the challenges today, this week. So think about an event with a person and specifically a person because we're talking about forgiving people, um... I'm trying to think of, you know, my childhood, my stepfather, you know, all those things that happened. You know, when I think about that, I don't hold resentment for that because I know he couldn't control himself. And that's something that's weak inside of him. He just couldn't, He couldn't control himself. I doubt he grew up as a child wanting to be that way, but that's the truth. And for his lack of self-control, just things happened. But I became a stronger person out of it. Because of that, I love God so much. Because God brought me through things that would kill most people. You know, my life, I would not be who I am today. All the things in my life hadn't happened. I just know it. I would not be this close to God. I'm like this with God for eternity. There's nothing that's going to unbind me from him. I'm taken care of. I'm protected. I know God's got me. So, I mean, that's the event that I'm going to use Because I believe that was the one that I struggled the most in forgiveness in my life. So I want you to think about an event. And this is going to be critical thinking for the rest of the week. You're going to think about that event that included a person. Because the person is the main focus on this that you still haven't forgotten and you still hold a grudge against. Even if it's something you think they did onto you. Okay? They possibly did. That's, That's what I want you to think about. And that's what you are going to use for the rest of the week to critically think about. I want you to think about it. Think about what it is that bothered you so much. Did you communicate it? Did you tell them what you wanted to tell them? What did you do to get your feelings made heard? Did you do anything? Take, for example, my childhood. I didn't do anything for 18 years. I didn't. I stuffed it down. I drank. I smoked a lot of weed. And I just stuffed it down. I didn't do anything to deal with it. That's my fault for letting it get out of control like it did all these years. So I want you to really think about that. This is going to open up some... some inner wounds in some people. But you have to open those wounds to heal... Because if there's still anger, resentment, and hate that are festering in these wounds, then they're not healed. You have to open them up. You have to bring to light the toxicity that lies within it. So challenge yourself. Think about that person. What did you do to deal with what really bothered you? And if you don't know what really bothered you, write it down. Take the time to sit down and start writing. I hated my childhood. Be blunt about it. I hated my childhood. I hated feeding the chickens. I hated feeding the pigs. I hated having a farm. I hated it. I hated it. It Just get detailed. I had to do these things. I spent whole days saying I hated things. Get detailed. With the things that bothered you. And let the emotions flow. That's where we start the critical thinking for this week. So I love you guys. And on a positive note, when you do do this effective tool and you let out all the I hates, okay? After you're done, after you've let it out emotionally, do something good for yourself. Don't just end it there. You're going to feel emptied. You're going to feel like you did this emotional emptying. Now you need to refill yourself with something loving. Listen, sometimes this is a good time to, you know, treat yourself with the right proportion of something that's like that you like to eat. A good thing, something that feels good, a pedicure, um a massage, something that, you know, you truly enjoy that's going to just kind of bring peace to that unnerving because you're going to feel unnerved. But after the unnerving, you need to reward yourself for going through the process. When you start rewarding yourself for putting yourself out there and doing these really hard things that are emotionally draining, You start to enforce that this is a good thing, okay? You start rewarding and triggering the brain into a new process that this is healthy, okay? You have to create this healthiness within you and reward it. So after you do this critically thinking and you emotionally drain all the things that bothered you about this challenge, about who you still hold a grudge against, okay then you need to do something rewarding for yourself. Whatever that is, everybody's different in what they feel a reward is. What I feel is rewarding, well, society would probably think I was a little crazy. but That's my own personal life. But we're all unique that way. So do what feels good for you to set that mental reward that, I did a good thing for myself, and this is all right. And I... And fill yourself up with something good after emptying out all the ugly. So I love you guys. That is such a great tool to use to empty out and then reward with something good. Um, Hopefully it is a beautiful day where you're at. And I hope that you do accept this challenge. It can truly, truly start changing your life if you truly apply it to yourself and you do it With fully participating. See, the only one who's going to know about it is you and God. Nobody else has to know the minor details. Okay? So, God bless you guys and have a great day.